Welcome to Tribes Podcast. Hey, we just want to say thank you for making this message a part of your week. Our prayer is that these messages will inspire you to make the name of Jesus famous in your life and to the uttermost bounds of the earth. If you're ever in Jackson Hole, we'd love for you to visit our tribe fam in person. To learn more about us, you can find us online or at Facebook by searching tribejh.com. We are talking about a subject that is so fundamentally, foundationally built into the bedrock of the Christian faith that most of us who have either grown up in the church or been a Christian for a long time might have a difficult time articulating it. It's kind of like asking a fish to describe what water is like. He just grew up in that environment. One of the foundation stones of the Christian faith is this idea and the principle of resurrection. And so that's what we've been talking about for, uh, it was two weeks ago, last week, Tribe had a birthday. So we're back into this series on resurrection. This is week two of resurrection. And to just give you a quick review of where we were last time we got together, why don't we turn in our Bibles to the first place that we're going to go. And if you're, if, you're, if you're taking notes, this is just a good address to, to review. I'll go ahead and read it while you're turning there. And then I, wanna, I want us, by way of review, I want us to look at two verses. Then we're going to dive into new content for discussion this week. Okay? First place, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And I'm, I'm going to jump right into the verse. Uh, the best you can do would be to write the address down unless you've got really fast fingies. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And this is not in your notes. We're not quite there yet. So Paul is speaking, and he says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. For anyone who has invited Jesus into your heart, there's a million ways to say it in the same way that there are a million ways to Jesus, but there's only one way to God, and that is through his son, Jesus. When a person invites Jesus into their heart, they, they tell him, Lord, I, I understand that I have broken your law. I've messed up. I've blown it, and I know it. I'm lost. I'm without hope, and, I'm, and I need you to forgive me of my sin, to come into my heart. And this is what we talked about the first time, to give me a new life. A, a new life doesn't just mean like a mulligan. I'm not a soccer Soccer. See, I even messed up my sport. <laughs> I'm not a golf guy. Yeah. Okay, now those kind of comments, guys. That was it. You just maxed out. That that was that was that was your one. <laughs> In golf, there's a thing as a mulligan. You can totally mess up and be like, I just want to do it again. I get a get a fresh start. In life, it's not like God says, okay, I understand that you've messed up, that you've blown it, that you've fallen short of my standard. 
Well, why does it have to be his standard? Because he made it. When you create your own universe, you can set your own rules and laws. His universe, his laws, okay? When we break his standard, the Bible says that the wages of sin are death. So in order to get that new life, we have to admit that we've broken God's law. We understand that the wages or the penalty of sin is death. And then we ask Jesus, forgive me of my sin. And here's what he does. He does not say, okay, well, from this point forward, don't mess up. It's literally like we become born again. We get a brand new life. Now, after you invite Jesus into your heart, you go look in the mirror, you're still going to see the same you because this is not what got born again. What got born again was on the inside. We get a new life. In fact, you've heard me say this before, but there are three words in the Greek language, which is what the New Testament is written in, for the word life. What is the first kind of life organic it, it grows, it dies, we study it in high school. Bios, the first kind of word, life that is used in the Greek is this word bios, bios life. And that means, do you have a pulse, right? There's, a, there's another word, it's where we get another famous study from in, in college. Where that's the third one, we'll get there. Suke. Suke is the second kind of life, and our English word that we get from suke is psychology. So psychology, it comes from the Greek word means suke. That's the second type of life that is talked about here in the Bible. What is suke life? Suke life is like your thought life, your mind, your will, your emotions, your choosers. We, we have all been given suke life where we can have independent thought we can think things we can consider we have emotions that's suke life so when you're born you get zoe life and suke life sorry thank you very much good correction now you've just earned yourself yes so we get bios life yes you can we get bios life and we get suke life but we're still dead we're not fully alive until we invite Jesus into our heart. I have come so that you may have life and have it to the absolute fullest. Now, I know that there is a lot of life that this valley has to offer, right? With all of the things to do and distractions to get caught up in and pursuits to have. But none of those things can provide real eternal life which leads us to the third kind of life which is zoe life life. and is what you said a moment ago zoe life zoe life is the kind of life that lasts forever so we talked about last week was this idea of at the resurrection people get a new life and The resurrection happens in a very real uh, spiritual sense when you invite Jesus into your heart for the very first time. Or if you invited him into your heart when you were a wee lass, 
and you have gone off to live your life and just eat your fill of hog slop only to realize, oh my gosh, I have wandered so far away from that Zoe life that I received. And then you come back to him and say, Jesus, please forgive me. Renew that Zoe life in me that I knew. He's like, I got you, fam. Not in our notes, but ah, let's read one more. One more. It's in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. And again, please stop me. Let's talk about this. Discuss. Romans chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. Why don't I read it? If you, if you can't quite get there in time, just write the address down. Paul is talking again, and he says, well then. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Check this out. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, water baptism, we joined him in his death? And you've seen me and heard me use the analogy, the wedding ring analogy. So if I have this ring on, you guys know that I am Married. Okay, if the ring comes off, am I still married? Yes. I love asking that question to a child who was a children's pastor for a long time, and we would do water baptisms like every quarter, and I would take the ring off, and I would say, am I still married? And they would go, hey. And you could just see, like, smoke coming out, like, oh, I don't know, are you? God, this is, like, the hardest question my whole 10-year-old life. Okay. So this ring, there's nothing magical about this ring. In fact, this is a weird rubber ring. Uh, I've recently lost my wedding ring, and Corey's like, here, you can have one of my old rubber wedding rings, and so I just put this thing on. So the whole world knows that I'm married. But this, there's nothing magical about this ring. It's just an outward sign or a symbol of the inward thing that's happened, right? That's a similar way of considering baptism. Baptism is an outward sign or symbol of an inward thing that has happened in your heart. And if you haven't been baptized in water, or if you rededicate your life to Jesus and you want to get baptized in water, we're looking at doing a baptism service. We're going to wait till it's nice and cold. So we'll probably wait till January. We'll call Tyler Dunn. He'll get our tank filled up for us. We'll do a, we'll do a water baptism here in, in, in January. But listen to what Paul says. When the, so water baptism is an outward sign that we've been joined to Jesus in his death. Verse 4, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Jesus, or Christ, was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, so now we may live new lives. The resurrection happens in a spiritual sense when we invite Jesus into our heart. And last week, or the week before last, I, I, I wrote this, I, I put it up on the board, I think it's up on the screen, but I want you to think of it this way. For the whole world, death is staring at them in the front windshield. It is the inevitable ending for each and every person when your bios life gives out. 
It is staring, looming at you in your future, waiting to rob you of anything beyond that point. But for the Christian, death is in the rearview mirror. We've already done all the dying we're ever gonna do. Now, our address will change, which we're gonna get into more today. But can you imagine, like, in school, I was such a terrible student. I would literally wait until, like, the night before the assignment was due or, like, feverishly trying to, like, cram, like, before the teacher came into the classroom before a test or if I had a big end-of-the-semester project, I'd put it off, I'd put it off. And that thing was just always staring at me on my syllabus, looming like a giant gorilla waiting to, like, beat me up at the end of the semester because I just hadn't done the work before then. Is there anybody? There's nobody else like that in here, right? No, no, no. But just think. Death is, is on the calendar. You can try to erase it as much as you want. You can try to prolong it. You can try to put it off. You can try to not think about it. But it's coming for each and every person who has not invited Jesus into their heart. But when you invite Jesus into your heart, it's such a... It is such a huge thing that, like what we just read here, you literally die and are born again a new creation. Let's get that out of the way. Death. Done. It's in the past. So we talked about, two weeks ago, new life. Today, we're going to talk about a new body. How does that make you feel? Without having getting into the, the, the words or the verses, like new body. What do you think of when you hear get a new body at the resurrection? Is that Mike around here? All right, I'd love to hear your thoughts. When you hear that idea, a new body, what comes to mind? And you can prime the pump by, there we go. Okay, Jen Green's going. Think of our best version, the healthiest version of ourselves, like how we're created to be Ooh. in our, a new body. That's what I think of. Our healthiest version of ourselves. Ooh, I love that. Physically, mentally, emotionally. Yeah. New body. What else comes to mind? Glad you got it to me quickly because I know I'm on the meter. Um, <laughs> just, just the opposite. I'm, I'm thinking about how, unfortunately, as we get older, we tend to let our bodies go down mm -hmm. instead of trying to exercise and mm -hmm. we're keep mentally stronger, but we're not yeah. physically stronger. Yeah, yeah. It's it's harder to keep the rig tuned up. Mm -hmm. Well, here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to look at three questions. And, and I was trying to put myself in your shoes. Like if, if we were going to talk about the resurrection, either in this context, or if I were meeting a friend for a beer at the Roadhouse Tap Room, and they were like, hey, tell me about this Christian thing called resurrection. 
Well, I would tell them about new life. I would tell them about new body. And then I can imagine him being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got three questions about that. What is it like? When do we get it? And why should I even care? Thank you. Shall we tackle them? If you're ready, say I'm ready. All right, let's look at this first one. What is it like? Now, I want to, like, you've probably heard Sunday school stories about this. But I want us to really consider deeply what the Bible has to say and have the realities, the truth of the Bible, penetrate our hearts so that it transforms our life. What is it like to get a new body? Well, the first place that we should go is 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we can all turn there and we're going to read out of that. Oh, thank you, Trinity, for volunteering to read. 1 Corinthians 15. Let's read verses 35. And if you feel really like you're on a real roll, you can go all the way through 49 or you can hand it off. 1 Corinthians 15. 35 through 49, read as far as you can. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up, and with what body do they come? Thou fool, which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. (laughs) 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 Wow, Trinity, so scholarly. She forgot her Bible, so Pastor Brian gave her King James Version. But someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies will they have? What a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put in the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Okay, let's pause there really quick. And let's talk about, uh, so Paul uses an analogy. If you were to take a, if you were to take um, a, a mango tree and put the whole mango tree in the ground, does a mango tree, the first thing that pops up, like physically, what does it look like? When it first pops up, does it look like a mango tree? No. It looks a little different. Take a take a, a kernel of corn. Our kernel of corn looks very different than the, the stalk and the head of corn and the husk and all the things. They look different. So are you picking up what Paul is putting down here? So this body gets planted in the ground, and the thing that comes that is resurrected is gonna be different. In some ways. Everybody say, hmm. (laughs) Paul, continue to teach us. Then God gives it the new body he wants it to have. A different plant grows from each kind of seed. Similarly, there are different kinds of flesh. One kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. The sun has one kind of glory, while moon and stars each have another kind. And even the stars differ from each, o- each other in their glory. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die. Okay, pause. 
Read that again a little bit slower. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die. Okay. But they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. The scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a living gift, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body, then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. So if you were sitting down at Roadhouse and you took somebody to that passage, read it for them, they were like, whoa. And then they say, so what's all that mean? What are some things that you noticed about this passage that stood out to you as either interesting or maybe confusing? Or if you were to describe it in your own words, what we just read, what might be something that you would say in regards to what we just read? The part that stood out to me the most was the analogy of the fruit. I think that's a great way to describe it to anyone. Just like the plant is still the same plant. And like say a flower that's gonna bloom an orange, like it's still the sign that the, the fruit is coming. So it, it is the same, but it is different. And everyone can see that and picture that. And so I think of, when we think about resurrection bodies, at least when I do, I can only picture like the human form because I think my mind's incapable of coming up with anything else. Same way like our minds can't invent new colors. So we might not mm -hmm. actually know what it will look like and maybe it will look like this. My mind just starts running because I'm like, well, the disciples recognize Jesus and maybe he was in his resurrection body. So maybe it does look like the human form, but maybe he, it doesn't. And, but I like that analogy for describing it. No matter what it actually looks like, the plant is still the same. Yeah. And I think that's the main message. Yeah. If you if, imagine looking at a, a, a beautiful rose and you're a, and you were to tell a visitor from another planet, this is a rose. That's amazing. Where did it came from? It came from the ground. What do you mean the ground? It grew up from the ground. How did it gr just grow up from the ground? Oh, oh, it started as a seed. So if you put that in the ground, then a rose bush will grow up. And they go, oh, so they take a rose, like a beautiful rose flower and like put it in the ground and step on it and wait for it to grow. Like, no, 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 it's a different form, huh? This is a rose and you show them a seed, right? I'm not messing this analogy up, right? I mean, they come from seeds. I don't think I've ever seen a rose seed. Yes, there we go. A bulb. How about a bulb? There we go. That sounds a little better. A bulb. You're like, okay, this, there's no way that this is this because I'm looking at this beautiful flower and the smell and, and then there's this ugly thing. Put the bulb 
of your body in the ground and up comes the rose of your resurrected body. That'll preach all day long. <laughs> Woo! How about, let's see what, let's, let's go to that story of Jesus when he was in his resurrected body. Let's turn to Luke 24, chapter, Luke chapter 24, and let's read. Somebody can read verse 31 through 43, and let's take a look at what happened here. I really, Zoe liked that one. Luke 24, verse 31 through 43. Somebody can read and you can hand it off. So this is, a, this is a story after Jesus was crucified and buried. The Bible says that he was resurrected. You want to read for us? Thank you. Luke 24, we'll start in verse 31. We'll go all the way to 43. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked to us on the road, explaining the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. Mm. There, were, uh, there they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. As a detail from the other Gospels, we see that they went back to the upper room where the disciples were meeting, and what was up with the door? It was locked. locked. So they're in a locked room. And why is the room locked? Why is the door locked? Be say it again. They were afraid of what all was going on. Their leader had just been arrested, falsely charged, tried, and given the capital punishment. And they were associated with the leader of their band of, of this movement that was beginning. They were terrified for their lives. They saw what happened to Jesus and they were thinking, oh, I could be next. The Bible says that they were fearful. Okay. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, here he goes again, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was, <laughs> was very frightened, <laughs> thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost. <laughs> mm. Because ghosts don't have bodies, as you can see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Mm. Then they asked him, do you have anything here to eat? Jesus asked that. Do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled, broiled fish, and he ate it, and they watched. <laughs> I just said watching. Okay. Incredible story. Boy, I wish that I could wave a magic wand over your little noodles so that you could hear that story as if you were hearing it for the very first time. We've heard that story so many times. It's just a part of, and then on Sunday he rose from the dead and then you just rush on with the story. And oh, now we find ourselves in the book of Acts. But 
This is why we're reading this familiar passage slowly and considering it. As we consider what was just read, Nina was talking about it a moment ago, what are some things that you can extrapolate, that you can pull out of the narrative that give us an idea of what this new body is going to do? Now, before you answer, let me just say this, like, well, I mean, was Jesus like special? Did he get a, a new one? No. Remember, we just read that our bodies are going to be just like, what, 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 um, what was the one we just, we just read in 1 Corinthians 15, like right at the end of 49. Like, like this body is like Adam's body, but the next body that we're going to be, that we're going to get is going to be like the new Adam's body. Who's the new Adam? Our bodies are going to be like Jesus. So with that in mind, what do you see? What's he doing? He has a physical, physical form with he, spiritual attributes. He has a physical form with spiritual attributes. Now let's break down, let's break down that statement. What do you see in the text about his physical form? Wow. What are some things? And, and it, might be, it might seem so obvious that... But, but that's what we want to do is... Well, he's got a body. He's got a body. He, it's not a voice. Yeah. Okay? They see him. Hello? Um, I don't even know. It's, it's on. on. Okay. Um, but then he can go through walls. He can move. And then also, he doesn't... He's not visible as himself to them at the beginning. At the beginning. I think it's funny that they click in to it being him when he's breaking bread. It's like, they're like, oh, we've seen him do this so many times. He broke the bread, dude. It's like, oh, it's Jesus. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of funny. Amaz isn't it amazing? Yeah. Now, were they, were they so caught up in the mindset of death being final that their physical eyes couldn't allow them to see what was right in front of them? Or was he... And he camouflaged himself in some way. I, I'll, I'll say this anecdotally to try to answer my own question. Years ago, I went to uh, have breakfast with Tim Vetter, and we were at Nora's Cafe, and uh, I ordered the big old pile of biscuits and gravy, and you know Nora's biscuits and gravy. That'll do you good all day. And the biscuits and gravy came. I took a bite because you should always take a bite of your food before seasoning it. If you pre-season, eh, there'll be people that'll judge you. And so I took a bite of my food, and I was like, it could use a little bit of salt. And I'm talking with Tim, and I'm looking on the table. The tables aren't big, and I'm just looking around. I'm like, where's the salt? And I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm listening to Tim, and I'm staying engaged. I'm like, where's the salt? And then finally, uh, I asked our servant, I'm like, hey, could I get some salt? And she points to it, and the salt and pepper shaker, I can't remember what form they were in, but it was in a form that, that I wasn't quite expecting. It had been on the table the whole time. I was even looking for the salt and pepper. And as soon as she pointed it out, I was like, oh, of course that's a salt shaker. But how did I not see it before? Is that kind of maybe what was going on with the disciples on the road to Emmaus? Ah, what else do you see here? So there's a physical form. That's, that's for sure. It has spiritual attributes that it can... be recognizable or not recognizable. 
I think the recognizable and unrecognizable had more to do with the observer than it did with Jesus. And we think, think about Mary and, and, uh, the, at the garden tomb. She thought he was the gardener until he did the, until he did the thing that made it connect. For the disciples, it was the breaking of the bread. Oh, I've seen him do that before. When Mary heard Jesus say, Mary, oh, it's you, Jesus. I was just going to bring up that I think it's fascinating that he ate in front of them. I don't think he was actually hungry. I think he was just doing that to prove to them that he could do it. So this physical body can eat. What else do we see in here? They can reach out and touch him. There you go. That's one of the things. I'll, I'll reiterate it for the live stream. They could reach out and touch him. He invited them to touch him. You can attempt to a touch to touch a hologram. But it's just, it's, it's not physically there. Jesus could have, what, astral projected himself or like, but you can't touch apparitions. So not only was he tangible, but he even said, I'm not a ghost. It's me. Ghosts can't do that disembodied spirits so not only is he tangible but he invited the disciples to touch him what else do we see well not only the physical but i mean their hearts were burning so they felt they just they felt him inside of their bodies essentially like they were like "Ooh, something is up with this person I love that. That's why we do this together, because I have never, even though I've seen it, I've never thought of that. Not only, he's not uh, raised as a body with like, you know, 50 pre-installed things that he can say, like some sort of Teddy Ruxpin. Man, that was a really old reference. (laughs) Just Google it later. But his personhood was him because their hearts burned as he talked. Whoa, that is so good. Can I answer that? Come on. Um, just because I, I've known the Lord for many years, and so I know when Holy Spirit is burning in my heart, which is happening. <sighs> Sorry. Um, Part of my testimony is actually encountering the, encountering the Lord in physical form. Uh, after I gave my heart to Christ as a teenager, I kind of drifted uh, uh, in my flesh in my 20s. And the, I encountered the Lord as a hippie on a bus on the way to Kentucky. And long story short, he sat with me on the bus and opened the word to me. And I had the exact same encounter in my 20s as I did as a teenager, where my heart was literally burning inside me. And I was starting to get verklempt, for lack of a better (laughs) phrase. And it wasn't until 
the bus had dropped him off and I was backing away, did he reveal to me that it was actually him the whole time? The exact same thing happened to me. So the burning in the heart and the Holy Spirit prompting and the, the heart racing and the tears, like I know those are the signs that it's an encounter with the Lord. So mm. um, the spiritual attributes are very obvious and our expectations of what he's going to look like may sometimes shroud our awareness mm. of who he is. Ooh, ooh. You met him in his resurrected body, physical form, talking with you, sitting next to you. Did he smell like patchouli? <laughs> I'm just, just irrelevant, irrelevant, irrelevant. There's an old hymn. There's nobody old in the room. Um, there's an old, well, let's, let's take, older, something about like, like he lives, he lives, my savior lives and like, how do I know? Cause I met with him this morning. Can we go, could you Google that? Like those are, that's, mm-hmm. some, go, where's your phone? Oh. Uh, well, I'm making allowances because some of you people forget to bring your paper Bibles. So, yeah, and you don't have to sing it, but yeah. But there's a line in there about like, because I met with him or saw him or talked with him like this morning. I just love that. So. Circle back around to that when those lyrics come up. So we see Jesus appearing in a locked room. He has the ability in his resurrected body to materialize in physical flesh and then just as easy to piss a deer. How he do that? Why he do that? I think the why will be better answered as we get into next week when we get a new assignment. B? I just had like, I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around it, but like, is it um, like when he materializes himself, does he have the same body that he did when he was on earth because they could feel the, see the holes in his hands, well, in his wrist and in his feet. And so like, I'm like, are we gonna be able to do that? And like, am I gonna look like B if I materialize myself or? Okay, so, so great question. Uh, to answer that very real question, are we gonna be able to like recognize each other? in our resurrected bodies. I would answer that with two, I would answer that yes, and then use two stories from the Bible to, to make my, to defend my position. Number one, they recognize Jesus, right? Uh, number two, even though, ooh, this is a good question, did, did Lazarus, when he was raised from the dead, yes, it was resurrection, but did he get his resurrected body? Okay, ah, Brian, that's, the, the quick answer is no. He just got new bios 
life to like keep going. But Lazarus eventually did die before he got his resurrected body. But another story that I would use to point to the idea that we'd be able that we will be able to to recognize one another uh, after our blood pump stops working. Uh, and in the resurrection is a story that Jesus tells about um, uh, the poor man named Lazarus, the beggar Lazarus, and the rich man. Remember, so they both die, and they go to, well, as far as I'll say right now, is the place of the dead, but they were able to recognize each other outside of this realm. So I would, I would strongly advocate for I'll be able to recognize you in your resurrected body and you'll be able to resurrect, you'll be able to recognize me in my resurrected body. In the garden, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ears, the son of God discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me. That's the one you're talking about? Yes, but like get to the, I met with him this morning. No, there part. is not, that's not in here. Oh, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> I never misremember things that didn't actually happen. I met with him this morning. All right, so, so keep Googling it. Kim, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say something. So I think it's really awesome that Jesus is going to give us new bodies that are, like, his. And I think it's really cool to, like, step back and think about it. Like, why would the God of the universe, like, do that? Why would he, like, want to conform us to his likeness? And, like, I know he's already done it, but, like, our new bodies are going to be just like his. And he's doing it in submission to himself. Like, mm. like, I'm like, really? Like, that is so amazing. I'm just like in awe. Like, it's so great. Cool I love it. I love it. We're going to come back to that awe. So, so hold on to it. So the first question is, what is it like? We've got two Bible verses, stories that tell us a lot about what a new resurrected body is like. It can disappear. It can reappear in rooms like doors. It's physically recognizable. It's tangible. It eats food. So here's the next question. Remember I said there were three questions? When do we get it? When do we get our resurrected body for those that have invited Jesus into their heart? Well, let's go right back to God's word. Let's turn to Matthew 24. We're going to read two verses at the very tail end of Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, verse 30 and 31. When do we get this super suit? If this is my earth suit, our resurrected body's got to be a super suit. Honey? Where is my super suit? Thank you. Thank you. Matthew 24, 30 through 31. Would somebody read that, please, with the mic? Got this. And then at last, the, son, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be a deep mourning among those peoples of the earth, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with the mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of earth and heaven. Woohoo! So this 
this is a verse that points to the resurrection of Christians when Jesus returns. Now, I don't want to confuse you by splitting hairs, but if, if, if any of you are getting stuck, then just, we might have to go there, but I'd, I'd like to not, just for, for simplicity's sake. Then at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens. So what is the sign of the coming of the Son of Man, the return of Jesus? It is the return of Jesus. What's the sign that Jesus is coming back? It's going to be him in a big, giant, loud, ta-da, in the form of a trumpet blast. And there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. Not like, oh no, dad's here and we've wrecked the house. Ah." Well, actually for some. Yeah, for for some. (laughs) uh, For some, it will be like that. For Christians who have been eagerly waiting at the finish line of history for him to return, we have a completely different response. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world. If you are alive on planet Earth, your blood pump is actively working When Jesus returns, you will be caught up to meet with him where airplanes live. This is what I'm talking about. When Jesus returns, he's going to return riding on the clouds back into a physical universe, back into the atmosphere of planet Earth before his feet touch down on the ground in planet Earth. The Bible says that before his feet touch down, that we will be caught up with him. Now, either the laws of physics need to change, which we've seen Jesus be like, he can tweak those things all, all he wants because he made them. Or our form needs to change so that we're no longer bound by the laws of physics that we are currently forced to obey. The latter seems more likely. If Jesus could appear and reappear, then why can't we appear with Jesus as he's returning in our supersuits? Thoughts or questions about this, but I want to keep reading to, to continue to add a few more tiles to this mosaic of when do we get our new bodies? And I want to put my phone right here because, in case, oh, here we go. Maybe. Ah, okay. I should have checked my phone sooner. One of our faithful live stream folks said, um, Nicole C. Mullins, I think she adds, and I spoke with him this morning in her cover of In the Garden. So it may not be in the official lyrics, but uh, Nicole C. Mullins says it. She did. (laughs) Don, way to go. Thank you. And I spoke spoke with him this morning. Oh, I love that. How about a, a, another place where we can look at when do we get this resurrected body? Let's turn back to 1 Corinthians. And again, maybe you're just absorbing and considering all of this, but, but please 
throw your hand up. Let's talk about this. If you have questions or clarifications or slow down or say it again, okay? 1 Corinthians 15, three verses this time, 50 through 53. We have the address up here, but not the, not the verse. And the mic is coming. To Cat. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot, inha cannot inherit what will last forever. Pause. Does that make sense? Where do we live on planet Earth? Earth. What have we been given for this environment and Earth suit? When you go to the summit of Mount Everest, you need an 8,000 meter super down suit and supplemental O2, unless you're really awesome. But even then, you got to tag the summit and get back down because that's not an ideal environment for humans. When you go to space, you get a... Mm -hmm. When you get in this next new life, we get a new suit. That's what he just said. Okay, keep going. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. Okay. We will not all die, but we will be transformed. Okay, so, that, so that's Paul just saying, if Jesus returns, bef when Jesus returns, all the Christians that are alive at that time, they're not going to die. Like Jesus comes back, uh oh, before I get a resurrected body, I got to die real quick. And then they go back up. You're alive, and then wham, you get your super suit. It will happen in a moment, in a blink of an eye. When the last trumpet is blown. There's that again, again, of the trumpet. Last trumpet, okay. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. Okay, and so if, you, if a Christian dies, because uh, you're not going to die. You've already done all the dying you're going to do. If your earth suit gives out before Jesus returns. Nod your head, it's some form of... Uh, you're with me. If, you, if, if your earth suit gives out, if you're a Christian and your earth suit gives out before Jesus returns, that's what he just say. For when the trumpet sounds, all those who have died, their earth suit is worn out, will be raised to live forever in their new super suit. And we who are living will also be transformed. Zip. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Those new bodies, somebody said, are our, our perfect health. It's the way God created Adam and Eve in the garden. Can you imagine? No more achy joints. No more sore muscles. No more chronic injury. No more addiction. No more mental illness. Remember when Jesus came to the demoniac on the other side of the lake? And it says when the people, the guy that was howling and cutting himself and couldn't be chained, and Jesus set him free, gave him a new life. And on the inside, when all the people of the town, they came up, it says that he was healed, sound mind, clothed, and seated at Jesus' feet. A sound mind and sharp how much of our brain can we use right now like like 
sort of small percentage, some of us even less. Imagine, I mean, there's movies about it. Imagine being able to have full faculties of your mind. Praise God. I keep thinking about everyone being like 20 years old, like you're finished growing, you haven't started aging yet. So like me and my mom and my grandma are all 20, but I don't know if that's accurate, but that's in my head how I picture it. Yeah, perhaps. So there's a, there is a, uh, a theologian, a Bible teacher who we love here at Tribe. Uh, at least one of his books is up here if it's not sold out right now. His name's David Pawson. And he, you can look him up on YouTube. He does some, uh, it's pretty much the same um, lecture, but it's done at different times over different decades at different places. Um, talking about the resurrection, but he said that Jesus was done at age 30, and so he says that when we get our resurrected bodies, they may be like in our 30s, like in our like like right at 30 in our prime, and and I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Um, I don't think we can wrap our heads around it. I know, but boy, I'm gonna put that thing through the paces. <laughs> My goal is to wear this one out so I can get a new super suit. Other thoughts, questions? Okay, and then uh, while you are sharing, let the rest of us turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We'll read verses 13 through 18. This Again, when do I get this super suit? Clay. This is kind of a... Um encouragement kind of a shallow rabbit hole i'm jumping in here but here we go what, what i'm We're with you what i want to want to tell you though is this has been a great message but <laughs> when you when, when you go back when you go back and start trying to go over how you would present this to somebody mm. what if somebody had questions about this i can <laughs> assure you as an older man that being being able to describe and convince to some degree um, or explain in detail to some a new believer or mm -hmm. a non-believer, um, you're, you're going to need to review this. You're going to need to go over huh. this again because it's not as cut and dry as you may think. You, there'll be a lot of a lot of questions, and yes. you may want to go back and just say, "Hey, w what could somebody ask me?" about this and how would I explain that? I love it. And uh, I, just, I just think we don't do that enough as a church, as a believer, and taking all of this knowledge and all of this good stuff, mm -hmm. and we, we, we squander it so many times because, um, because we don't practice. And, and we're not willing to make mistakes either. I mean, sometimes we gotta just step out and go, yeah, I'm gonna give it my best shot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, you may be the one that benefits the most because you got to go back and research it again. Every single time yeah. I end up like getting more out of it, like where there are holes in my ability to explain or even understand myself. Yeah. Okay, that's my last sound bite. I'm relinquishing. <laughs> and he's on the, on the Zoom call, he's like, the moderator mutes him, no. <laughs> Clay, no, you can always you can always share more. You can always share more. Like three years three years ago, none of us would have even understood what that joke was that I just made. Oh my gosh, what are we living? Uh, was somebody else going to say something about First Corinthians, and then let's go to First Thessalonians. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. Would somebody please read that? Thank you. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We will tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living, when the Lord returns, will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of an archangel, and the trumpet and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise together from their graves. Okay, hold on. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. So, reading that sentence, it is possible to get the idea that what goes into the ground, whether it's young or old, will like have to like, kick open the coffin and scratch its way out, you know, something a, a, a little bit weird. I think that it's a poor, having that thought, and, and there are some denominations, uh, and it may be a tradition that you've come from and you can tell us, um, that like, they, they don't like, do not be cremated, because like, you can't like, that can't be resurrected. Ah, I think you're missing the, the point if you, confine your imagination to strictly a literal picturing of that verse. I, th I think you're all with me on that. For the Lord himself will come down when believers who have died will raise from their graves. In the same way that Jesus just could appear in a locked room, your new super suit with the real you inside of it gets to appear back in physical form on planet earth and the other passages tell us you don't appear outside of your mausoleum or outside of your grave where you're buried with your wife and you know your your aunts and uncles and cousins but jesus says that we'll be caught up in the air so where you will appear with your super suit at the resurrection will be in the air running to meet jesus and and uh, Why? Do we get wings? I know. Be really cool. We don't see Jesus with wings, but I, I don't care about the wings so much as I like the idea of the flying part. I mean, isn't it in every human's, like, like it's buried deep within all of us. Have you ever, like, if you observe children or if you can remember when you were a child, we all pretend we threw our arms out and we just flew running around in the yard. Like, I feel like God put that in there for a reason. Like, it's just a little foretaste. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll get our super suits when we meet him. I have a real soft spot in my heart uh, for, like, surprise soldier family reunion videos on YouTube. Oh, boy, they get me. Oh! And the surprise. There's, there's shock. and what, but, but how many, like wives or girlfriends or little daughters just sprint 
into the arms of their returning soldier, their dad, their husband, their mom, their, their wife. And I, th- I can't help but to think that's what it's going to be like for us. Not having had the privilege of meeting Jesus in physical form, but having my, my heart burn and hearing his voice and the, that, that still small voice in my heart being led by him, knowing absolutely convinced that he is so real, but to see him in his super suit as I'm getting my super suit, you better believe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run or fly, what's the fastest mode of transportation? Fly, well, that's what I'm going to do. To meet him and see him. Verse 17. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Most of our earth suits in this room, you know, we got our, we got our, little, we got our little things, but for the most part, um, uh, everybody in this room enjoy the, and take for granted the benefits of a mostly pretty well-functioning earth suit. Now those without a well-functioning earth suit you hold on to this, but it's not like this is meant to be only an encouragement for somebody with a, a, a poor functioning or a dysfunctioning earth suit. Two things. Number one, none of our earth suits are perfect. And they're all, remember what Paul says, uh, in brokenness and in weakness. Maybe your brokenness and weakness of your earth suit, your, the physicality of your body, whether it's in your body or your mind, will, or emotions, has a measure of brokenness that was never intended by God. And it yearns, it longs for wholeness and restoration. Number two, it provides even great hope for us with our earth suits that work pretty reasonably well that we will be we will meet him with our super suit because of a new assignment that we will get to be with him forever of sound mind just imagine what it's like to be able to discern right from wrong good from bad to just know to have a a perfectly healthy chooser, just that alone. Super suit, it's coming. Encourage each other with these words. Last, last one, and this is the one that we'll go the quickest on. Why should we care? Why should we care? Imagine sending this verse to, to, to you know, saying this uh, when you're on the tram dock. I always like to think, like, does this message have any relevance on the tram dock? <laughs> you start talking about the resurrection on the tram dock. And it's like RPK3, a powder day, and people are, are stacked up, ready to squeeze on Big Red for first box up. 
do they care about the resurrection? Like, dude, we're literally living our best life right now. And in, in, in a 12-minute, 4,000 vertical foot ride, I'll be in nirvana. Like, why should, why should anybody on the tram dock care about resurrection? Why should we care about resurrection? What is, this, what is the relevance for us? That's the last thing that we're going to talk about. B, were you going to say something? And while you share, would you turn to, are you guys still in First Thessalonians? Yes. All right, stay there. Um, so first, I was just in the scripture is to have hope. You know, we'll get like just knowing like, oh, my old pastor isn't dead. Like he is alive and I'll get to see him again, you know, and then other i i saw this thing and um uh it it was this girl saying like praise god now because like through the hard times because while you're here on earth this is the only time you'll be able to praise god through the hard times because you know in heaven we're not going to have any problems any issues we're going to be perfectly healthy we're not going to have to worry about loss and this is the time we get to worship him even when our situation isn't the best it's not perfect it's not the greatest and like that hit me really hard because you know um praising him in the storm i think is very different from the posture of your heart when you're just praising him when everything is all perfect and dandy so So good i know that i asked you to just uh come up and start playing behind me but uh lissy sent me a little audio file she's watching the live stream so maybe i don't know she's singing this for us or i don't know let's we'll put it in the mic wait maybe i should preview it first because she could be like giving me some feedback oh okay it's yeah, yeah, it's a song. She's not like, you're getting distracted. It's hard to hear. Yeah. Sorry, that's tough on my nerves. But we're gonna take but we're gonna take Lissa's word for it. Why should I care? First Thessalonians four. We'll just read two verses and then we're gonna land the plane. I'll read it. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will raise from their graves, then together with them, we who are still alive will remain, who remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet with him. Then we'll be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Would would somebody read one verse or two past that? Uh, in 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 like yeah, like nineteen. Yes. and the epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, 
then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child and they will not escape there you go but you aren't in the dark about these things dear brothers and sisters and you won't be surprised for the day of the lord comes like a thief for you're all children of the light and of the day we don't belong to the darkness and to the night so be on your guard not asleep like others stay alert and clear-headed so here's the idea knowing about the resurrection it gives us comfort it gives us wonderful hope and it gives us strength for today that's the that's the that's the monday morning importance of resurrection knowing about the resurrection someday benefits us today no matter what we're going through if it is something to do with your earth suit whether it's physically in your body or addiction uh, or disease or or knowing that there's a part of your mind that's broken that you just uh, the resurrection is coming Knowing that the resurrection is coming someday helps us today with comfort, the wonderful hope, and with strength. We have an amazing future ahead of us because we have an incredible assignment that will be given to us. That's what we're going to talk about next week. Let me just pray for us really quickly and we'll invite the invisible Jesus to just whisper to our hearts and he's always welcome in physical form. That would be amazing. But let's invite the person of Jesus to just whisper to our hearts for a moment. Talk to us about the resurrection. received his
his life, walked in it for a while, but then we're like, eh, I think I'll go back to my old life. And you're like, like a puppeteer, them, like a marionette, trying to pull the strings to animate this old life that you used to have. physical earth suit. You delight in healing. Your word says, by your stripes we are healed. That includes healing of our physical bodies today, now. Maybe your eyes are closed, maybe they're open. It doesn't really matter. But we should pray for healing in our physical earth suits. So if there's anything that, that like, like, you, if you need healing in your physical body or in your mind, would you raise your hand up and then people, I guess we do have to have our eyes open. <laughs> because somebody right next to you just put a, put a hand up. If there's anything that you, and you don't have to like say what it is, but just say, I, I could use some healing. You get sickies uh, or something else going on. So now you guys are gonna have to put hands on each other's shoulder. Just put a hand on that shoulder. Anybody else? <laughs> yeah, we will pray. All right. Okay. <laughs> we will rip open the roof, lower him right down. <laughs> oh, look, he raised his hand. All right. So, put a put a put a hand on this shoulder right here and on this shoulder. <clears throat> so you just pray quietly, and then I'll pray out loud. Anybody else? And if your hand's raised on the live stream, I got you covered. Jesus. Jesus. Everywhere you went, your word says you did good. You healed the sick. You cast out demons. You set captives free. You did those amazing things that are recorded. We know that you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So God, we pray for those people that raised their hand or had their hand raised for them. Lord, we pray that you would release physical and mental and emotional healing to people that need it right now. Yes. And I'm getting a few text messages about people on our live stream. I got you. Father, we pray for our tribe fam on the live stream or people that are part of the discipleship campus. Your word says in the book of Psalms that you sent forth your word and healed them. Jesus, you delight in healing. Patch up these earth suits. Give us another 100,000 miles on these earth suits until we get our super suits. Release healing. We praise you.
as we transition to our last type of worship just before we get out of here um, just like Clay said uh, I saw you taking notes or maybe you took pictures of these verses go back chew on them consider them um, talk about them with your spouse your boyfriend your girlfriend get together group of people talk about these things and watch as Jesus shows up in the middle while you're talking about these things so your heart will begin to burn as you chew on these things and there, there ain't no question that you could ask that that that's going to throw him off right so he's going to help you Lord Jesus thank you for the resurrection God I ask that each and every one of us would experience brand new life in our hearts in our minds in our bodies and we tell you we cannot wait as you return to planet earth to meet you in the clouds where airplanes live when you come back burn in our hearts the anticipation of that great and incredible day we pray these things in jesus name the strong son of god amen i love you guys so very much i want you to stay have some more coffee meet some new people have a great week and remember you got this.